Welcome to TA1. Hey, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. And there is some then some tonight. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, flying solo. Other than I just did have a dog here helping out. But she went to get a drink. Amazing. If you know Chili, she's always drinking. Um, I am back from Baja. And it was a great trip, even though we uh, broke the truck about 200 miles in. Um, things work, were working really, really well. Um, stopped and got a tune on the truck and picked up like 50 horsepower and a lot of drivability. And the consensus on the team is it's uh, probably getting close to a top 10 truck now for for the Baja racing. And... Uh, so we just um, spent a lot of time thinking how to get better. I think some of you who have been either Cowboy Tough, Tasmania, or um, Shenandoah Tough know Bill Spenny. Um, Bill was very interested, so he came to the race. He is now officially known as Rocket Man in the off-road circle and was um, really, really helpful for the team. Um bringing his 23 years of NASA managerial experience to the uh, off-road world. So stand by for next year. Of course, we don't. it's like adventure racing. Don't get to race now until um, let's see, about 189 days from now, the 500 in, on Memorial Day. So it uh, was really, really fun, even though it's like a gazillion miles of driving um, and sitting in a truck and... Um, eating really good tacos from these roadside stands and really good steaks when Mike takes us out. So I am, uh, I'm going to put some links up to the uh, Crossfire Off-Road team. Maybe give a like or two, try and grow this a little bit, get some media going for that. Um, you know, it's fun. I enjoy it. Anybody wants to go next year, let me know. I can probably get you there. So, um getting this one out right away it's like just finished recording it about uh two minutes and 51 seconds ago roughly yeah five minutes ago and uh it's one that took a while Anne and i've been going back and forth for months <laughs> her schedule my schedule this didn't work out it didn't work out but um in the end it paid off so um enjoy this week's episode it is our thanksgiving episode a few of you probably know what that means and if you don't by the end of the show, you will. Um, I'm going to try and keep a fairly regular schedule between now and Christmas, but you know how that goes. So you'll get what I got when I get it. And thank you very much for um, indulging me, not putting one out every week. Sometimes it gets a little tough. Anyway, go fast, take chances, and as we say in Baja, peace out. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hello. Anna, this is Randy, finally. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> good, yeah. Pretty cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. You live in that uh, great Arctic North wilderness area with mm-hmm. snow, right? Yeah, winter's come early. Um, it's been, uh, well, it was minus 15 this morning. Um, <laughs> probably feels like colder than that, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice. We like it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it. It was like 
fifty here today, and I'm enjoying that. So. <laughs> so what's that in real money? Um, fifty Fahrenheit. So. So that's. Four, five. Oh, above freezing. <laughs> yeah. That's tropical. It is. I only <laughs> I only know that because for some reason we had all our temperatures in in Celsius while we were in Mexico. So. Okay. I don't. I don't know why a bunch of Americans have their temperature in Celsius, <laughs> but and, uh, <laughs> it's all a bit mixed up. Yeah, real mixed up. <laughs> so, um, okay. Since I've been doing truck stuff for two weeks, we're going to start <laughs> with the truck stuff. Okay, sounds so, good. What's the one thing when somebody brings in a truck that you just really, really hate to see that you hate to work on? Um, <laughs> that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I find it all kind of fun. <laughs> um, I do the dirtiest work. Like, I mean, we both, so I work with Doug. Um, mm. he does most of the engine stuff and electrics and I do all the, um, like the welding and kind of fabrication, that kind of stuff. So, um, that's probably the dirtiest work, but yeah, if, if you've, told me I had to wire a dashboard or something like that, I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> um, that That's yeah. his bag. So, um, well, that's, that's so, yeah. kind of, yeah, kind of funny because I spent like two days on the trophy truck trying to, getting cameras wired up and it's like, there's no room and it just, it was just hard. Yeah, no, we're, we're working on, on one at the moment that um, he's just... Trying to jam so much aftermarket stuff into it, and like with the Defender, they're all really simple, um, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't fit. <laughs> um, there's just no room, so there's like 30 wires coming up out of the middle of the dash, um, and yeah, it's a bit of a mess. So, <laughs> but that's how he wants it, so the customer's always right. Uh, well, no, the customer always. Pays for what he gets. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean he's as right. As long as he's paying, it's fine. Yeah. He'll do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you get in the business of, of of rebuilding Land Rovers? Um. Well, I've sort of always been kind of practical. Um, mm -hmm. I did welding at school and that kind of stuff, and then I had an old Mini, which was my first car, um, and kind of did a bunch of bits and pieces over time on that um, and then yeah when I met Doug um, he was doing the Land Rovers so I just started to help out and um, yeah got more and more involved in the business and now we do it together so um, yeah not the most <laughs> exciting story but yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's I, how I, it happened I find it quite interesting so what do you guys <laughs> Are, are mostly are you rebuilding, you know, making them look like new, or are you, you know, hopping them up, making hot rods out of them? Uh, kind of a bit of everything. So um, there's a few kind of local guys who just have defenders, and we, we'll look after them for them. So just general maintenance, kind of uh, servicing every year and that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, we'll do full kind of ground-up restoration. So that's the fun bit. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll do, like, galvanized chassis, galvanized bulkheads. I think you guys call them firewalls. Um, mm -hmm. um you know, we don't do the paint, but they get painted, then they come back to us, and um, then we, you know, 
fit everything back on. Um, so, yeah, kind of every level. <laughs> and then we also do the older stuff, so um, kind of from the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, the cute little old Land Rovers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm assuming like anything in in the, that kind of automotive restoration business, you're like so busy you can't stand it. Yeah, you should see the driveway; <laughs> it's overflowing. We didn't we didn't make our driveway big enough. Um, yeah, they're queuing up, but um, we definitely can't complain. I'd rather it was that way than not enough to do. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah. I mean, that's the way it is, right? If you're busy. Everybody wants it done. If you have nothing to do, then nobody shows up. So yeah, I just hate letting people down. That's that's the worst bit for me. I want to make everybody happy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's impossible. But yeah, we get it done eventually. Yeah. So does most of your stuff stay in Canada, or do you, does it travel? Um, at the moment, yeah, most of it's in Canada. Um, we haven't yet sent anything to the states, um, but. Um, I mean, we may well. They have to be a bit older. There's a 25-year import law, okay. um, whereas it's only 15 years here. Um, but, yeah, most of it comes from Europe. Um, we either bring them in for people or people bring them in themselves and then bring them to us. Um, but, yeah, there's, only, there's very few that actually were built and sold here. Um, most of them come from Europe. Yeah. Well, that's um, cool. I would love to come spend a few days watching... <laughs> I, I, I just maybe I, in the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I ain't. I'm not coming up there now. No, no thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it, it's good. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. Cool. So, how jealous were you when I sent you that picture of that body? Sorry. How jealous were you when I sent you that picture of the of the body shell in Mexico? Oh yeah, yeah. How did you come across that? Um. Well, it was actually at a – we were at a shop trying to get a, a radius arm fixed on the pre-runner, and it's it's called Horsepower Ranch, and they mostly do Broncos. They do old um, 60 and se- 60s and 70s Broncos. Nice. And, and this was just sitting out beside one of their sheds. So <laughs> You I should have brought it home. <laughs> I was trying to, but all the trailers were full of race cars. <laughs> you could have turned it into one. Yeah, I'm not sure it would have cornered very well. <laughs> yeah, well, eventually put you know forty inches of suspension on it, but it looked yeah. pretty looked pretty solid to be cutting up for a race car. <laughs> so, cool. all right, I suppose now we got to talk about racing, <laughs> adventure racing. Yeah, otherwise people will get bored. <laughs> um, I don't care. It's my podcast. <laughs> I can talk about what I want. <laughs> I think it says someplace that ninety percent is adventure racing, and, and the other ten percent is stuff that interests me. So, okay, um, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> all right, well, we'll we'll do this one kind of kind of chronological, and we'll we'll finish up with this year. But so so, how did you become um, a welder adventure racer? Sorry, you broke up there. What oh. what was that? How did you become a welder slash adventure racer? What was <laughs> um, well, again, it's probably Doug's fault, <laughs> my partner. <laughs> um, so yeah, we he's done a lot of racing. Um, 
he's done like ultra marathons and an Ironman and a bunch of adventure racing. So um, he kind of got me into it. We did a, a little bit of small stuff in the UK, mm-hmm. um, and then when we came here, um, I started kind of <laughs> getting itchy feet, um, and I entered a 24-hour up here in Ontario. I um, just found a, like a, a Canadian team. We were looking for a, um, a woman and did that last September, so September 2017. Um, and then, yeah, that was kind of it. <laughs> I was hooked. Um, so, yeah, then we entered Belize as a pair, me and Doug. Um, and since then, I've just been sort of joining teams as and when, <laughs> yeah. um, which is kind of fun. Well, it can be. But what was it about adventure racing that you thought would would be fun? Um, I just always – well, I just love being outside, mm-hmm. um, like uh, I always have done. Um, and I think I enjoy the kind of challenging, the physical and, and mental kind of challenges that it poses. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just think I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> find that rewarding. Yeah. So, did you have a, a, any kind of an athletic background growing up? Um, actually, horses um, is what I did throughout school, and then I went and worked with horses. That was kind of my career to start hmm. with. Um, so, eventing, which is uh, dressage, cross country, show jumping, combined. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot of running, quite a bit of cycling, but not really competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I've I've been pretty active my whole life. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right. So see now, you just touched on something else that you know, fascinates me that I know nothing about. <laughs> horse, horse. Well, not horse racing, but horse events. Yeah. Is, is that just were you like a little girl and like I want a pony and it grew from that? Um, I guess so. Yeah. I like my mom had horses when she was a kid and she would tell me all about them. And then, um, I couldn't actually have one until I could be independent. So I didn't get a horse till I was 15 or something like that. Um, and then I used to bike to the yard (laughs) to, you know, look after him and ride him. Um, and then, yeah, when I left school, I just started working and competing, um, and kind of doing as much as I could. Uh, at one point, I had three horses, um, and then yeah, just decided not to not to make it my career and just to enjoy them. And now I've yeah. still got my original horse, <laughs> uh, oh. just the one now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he so, came from England with me. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so, well, yeah, not not first class. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, yeah, cattle class, <laughs> DHL. Yeah. So what is what does he think about uh, Canadian winners? Um, he's he's bundled up for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's got quite a few rugs on, and um, but yeah, he he doesn't mind. We no, threw him in at the deep end. He he landed in November last year, so um, yeah, he didn't really have any choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here it is. Enjoy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm guessing the um, the expense of adventure racing and gear and stuff didn't bother you after being into horses for years no well exactly it's kind of 
the same. Yeah. <laughs> it was either by a trailer or by a bike. Yeah. Um, one or the other. Definitely not both. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, how and, – and I'm – honestly, I'm really interested in this. How do you – or how long does it take before you and, an, and a horse are, like, in sync and you can compete with them? Um, it depends on the horse. Um, uh, and obviously how experienced you are. Um, Mm I, I could probably jump on most types of horses and figure them out pretty quickly, but then I've ridden thousands of horses. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean to compete successfully, you'd want a few weeks or, or months to kind of get to know each other. And it's about fitness and muscle tone and all that kind of stuff. So um, it depends what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, can you tell, like, right away if, if a horse would be a good competitor? Yeah, a lot of it's about their mind. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, again, it would take a few sessions to figure that out. Most yeah. horses have more than they'll first <laughs> kind of offer you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, it's about trust as well, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's a different sport. You've got two two minds you're dealing with, yeah. you and them. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but um, so which which is quicker to figure out, a horse or a teammate <laughs> in adventure racing? <laughs> Um, I would say a horse, <laughs> just because I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably more experienced with it, but yeah, um, yeah I don't know. <laughs> but but in so semi seriously, I mean, you've had to deal with animals that you can't really communicate with and have to figure out. It, does that help you? Because you're going from team to team, and you gotta gotta figure out your teammates in a hurry. Yeah, maybe. I think I spend more time worrying about them figuring me out. (laughs) 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 And, yeah, that I'm kind of fit the rest of the team. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not too fast. I'll race with anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good way you get a lot of uh, experience. Yeah, Um, definitely. Um. I've been lucky. I've had good teammates so far. <laughs> yeah, except for that Alex guy, and we don't want to talk about him because he—he <laughs> was incredible. Yeah. Um, I haven't got a bad word to say about him. Yeah, I don't either, but I gotta pretend I do. <laughs> so, um, so, so you've raced with two-person teams, you and Doug, and with with four-person teams. Do you have a preference? Um, I think two-person team is easier mm-hmm. because there are fewer factors to kind of fewer pieces of the puzzle and, and less things to go wrong, I guess. Yeah. Um, and obviously I knew Doug really well, so, you know, yeah. we knew each other inside out. That was super easy. Um, but yeah, four-person team is more fun because <laughs> um, there's more chat and banter and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think I prefer four. Yeah. So when you're racing with Doug, is it, uh, so somebody, I think it was Wendy, Wendy Joe 
I asked her what, you know, she raced with her husband. I said, what's the best and the worst part? And she said, the best part is we don't have to talk. And then she said, the worst, <laughs> the worst part is we don't talk. No. <laughs> so, no, we definitely talk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we had to play games <laughs> to stay awake um, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. no, I, no, it's not, um, yeah, it's not boring. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Well, yeah. If, if if it's boring adventure racing, you're probably doing something wrong. Something very wrong, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's let's talk about your races. I think you you might get the Iron Iron Person Award this year for the number of race days. Mm, yeah, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but so, what was your what was your experience in Belize like? You know, what was Walk us through the race. This is the part I like when I get to hear you talk about races. <laughs> um, well, Belize was awesome. I mean, I just I I had the best time because it was my first race, so I was learning kind of at every stage. Mm-hmm. Um, the the paddle. I mean, I've never paddled white water in the dark, <laughs> so that was the first. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just a stunning country, the jungle and the people were amazing. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. I, I mean, I personally was pretty frustrated in the way it ended because, um, you know, navigation and then, um, we didn't actually get to finish <laughs> we had to cycle home. So we missed the last pack raft. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of frustrating and yeah. Being my first race, I was desperate to finish it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but it was all a learning curve. And, you know, yeah. as I said, I learned more in that race than I probably will in any other race. So, um, yeah. Was, was that something yeah. that you really weren't aware of or sort of that, that, that maybe, maybe you'd run out of time? Um, no, I think I was aware of it, but probably never considered <laughs> yeah. that it would happen yeah. Um, but yeah now I mean having kind of had a year of AI I realize it happens a lot um, yeah. so yeah not surprising really I guess um, yeah what was the I, I like to, to hear this what was the like the biggest misconception or you know something that you thought about it and was completely different you know what kind of what i'm saying there's after you race you're like oh that wasn't anything like i thought it might be um <laughs> that's a hard question um i don't know um i guess i was surprised by how well i coped through the night mm-hmm. like in terms of sleep i didn't really get sleepy until <laughs> you kind of stop doing stuff and also cuz i had the maps yeah. Um, that that kind of kept my brain awake. Um, so yeah, I was expecting that to be more challenging than it was. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said you had the map. So I'm assuming that makes you the navigator. How did you? Uh, how have you learned to be a navigator? Um, well, in the UK, there's something called Duke of Edinburgh. So I did that as a kid. Um, and yeah, I was the navigator through those, um, and sort of just learned like that. I've never done Mm. orienteering or anything like that. Um, I just found that I was 
pretty good at it, I guess. Yeah. Um, not wanting to, you know, say that I'm good at it, but I enjoy it. I, it's just, I, yeah, I find yeah. it really rewarding again. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I think that. most teams tend to have good navigators, so I'll I'll do it when I can, but I won't like expect always to be able to. <laughs> yeah. So you so, would, um, you you can be primary, but you'd be happy being a backup. Is that what you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just keen to kind of be involved <laughs> yeah. and look at the maps. <laughs> yeah. So. But, well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, map and compass is, uh, you know, that's a, that's a thing. We'll have to um, get you uh, hooked up with the Rebel Rally, too, because they're always looking for – That's I think I sent you the link on that, but they're always looking for women navigators. Yeah. So that's like have, a, a car event. Yeah. Event. Yeah. Yeah. Ten days, and it's – they have – Tons of women drivers and nice. good ones, but they're always looking for women navigators. So, yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you, you go to Belize. So then, how did how did um, how did Primal Quest come about? I'm kind of interesting because I, you know, I know part of your team, but how did you get involved with them? <laughs> and then what was well, that um, experience? So that actually originated in Belize. Um, mm. One of the guys down there asked me if I wanted to do Primal Quest because mm. um, he was trying to get a team together. Um, but that team, I think the captain got injured. Um, and then, so they didn't end up going. So then I contacted Maria uh-huh. Burton, who organized it, um, saying that I wanted to join a team and could she keep an eye out for me? Um, and... Yeah, then kind of really cl- about a month before, she said um, she was trying to make a team with Mike Closer, um, and I just, like, jumped at it. <laughs> um, yeah, he couldn't do the pure. Um, yeah. I think he had to get back for something, um, but I just said, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. If I can race with him, you know, I'll do anything, so... Um, yeah, that was how that came about, and then Chris came on board, and then Alex came on board um, yeah. as well. So yeah. that was pretty awesome. Was it um, a little daunting jump? Well, okay, well, maybe was it daunting, or was it like, oh, this will be cool jumping on a team with Mike Closure? Yeah, it was daunting, definitely. <laughs> I remember the first time, like, I rang him to just talk about. Um, like plans and flights and all that kind of stuff and um yeah i was very nervous (laughs) um just to speak to him on the phone so yeah um but yeah he's incredibly personable and easy to get on with at least i found he was so um yeah no it was amazing and i was just trying to lap up as much as i could ask as many questions as possible I think he probably found me a bit annoying (laughs) um asking so many questions but yeah um, yeah. yeah, it was. I'm very lucky. That, that's that's mm-hmm. cool. So, did you um get him to talk about the old days ever while you were out, or is he kind of like, um, eh, that was then. This is now. Yeah, I mean, he answered all my questions, <laughs> um, and I was asking about you know races and eco challenge and that he'd done in the past and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he gave me the full story, but um, but you got part of it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and Chris, who's that? Because I don't know him. Um, so he's from 
the states. Um, I can't remember which state, which is really bad. Um, but yeah, he's from OCR, so he'd done a couple of, I think, 24-hour obstacle course races, mm-hmm. um, but never done any, any adventure racing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he loved it. I've chatted to him since, and I think he's super keen to do some more next year and definitely go to Primal Quest again. So, um, But he was awesome. I mean, all our, the whole team, we got on really well, and, um, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the... And if anybody wants to know about Alex, they can go to like the last podcast. It was like a month ago or whatever. Yeah, because I was yeah. with Alex, <laughs> so we won't talk about him other than Al- Alex is maybe the how do I put this? One of my favorite people, friends <laughs> um, that I've never met in person. <laughs> so, and we have tried, believe me, for like five years. You know, about every six months he rings me up and we chat and he's got this project in the works and it's, we're going to do this. And then, you know, something happens, but we know eventually we're going to, we're going to go change the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's the most motivated, incredible guy. I just, (laughs) I'm so impressed with how, how he, all the things he does. I I just, you know, I can't even describe it. (laughs) Um, but, you know, the pain and suffering that any kind of normal person would be going through in a race like that, his is tenfold. Yeah. And the strength of character he has to go through with it is, I mean, I don't think I'm that strong <laughs> mentally. I don't think I could do it. No. Um, so. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be there either. Hats off so. to him. <laughs> exactly. He's awesome. So what was, um, what was kind of the... the the highlights and, and and obviously we got to talk about the lowlights too of of Primal Quest. You know what what really stands out plus and minus for you? Um, well, I've completely fallen in love with BC. <laughs> um, it's it's just stunning. The mountains and the coast. I mean, it's just it makes Ontario seem flat and boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and the the mountain biking. I mean, I've never seen trails like those trails. The, yeah. <laughs> the stuff that those guys go down, all those people in Squamish or whatever. Um, like this, just unreal. <laughs> it's put it all in a completely new perspective. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, and then the glacier again was stunning. Um, I've never actually crossed a glacier before. Um, so that was a, a new one for me. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, those are probably the highlights. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have the yeah. typical 3 a.m. slogging down a road low light. I would guess that's not that much fun. Yeah, I mean, there were times like that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and the rain. Yeah, the rain didn't help. It didn't stop raining for two days. Um yeah. That was pretty cold. <laughs> yeah. How do you um, how do you deal with something like that when it's raining? Because it, you know, yeah, it's part of it, but it just kind of makes it not quite as much fun. So how do you? Yeah. How do you? How you know? Where do you, do you go someplace mentally, or you just it is what it is. For me, it's about staying warm. 
um, I have to keep moving. Mm. If I stop and get cold, (laughs) then I shut down. (laughs) Um, And I know I do it. So, um, yeah, I just have to keep moving. So that's how I get through it. I just make sure that I stay warm. Yeah, yeah, that's my little challenge. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I actually don't mind the rain as long as I'm warm. Yeah, uh, I get. Yeah, I, I understand. I get that. Yeah, that's, you know, that's one thing. When I quit running, I air quotes, and and me and the dog are just out hiking. It's like you know, if it's raining and you're hiking, you can stay warm. It's when you're running. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah, you're running and you get hot and you have to cool off, and that's when it starts to suck. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm happy if I'm warm. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, okay, what was your timeline? between Primal Quest and uh, Norcha? Um, I think it worked out to nine or ten days between, like, the end of the race and the beginning of the race. So I got home on, I think it was the Wednesday, um, and then I was messaging Julia. Um, So she'd actually asked me before if I wanted to be on the team, and I'd said yes, but... I've just been offered to race with Mike, and I can't really say no. Um, and I thought they clashed, but it turned out they didn't. So when I got back, I messaged her and, and said, you know, are you ready, that kind of stuff. And she said, yeah, and I was like, I wish I was coming with you. And she was like, you still can. We've only got three people. Um, <laughs> and so I sort of said, okay. <laughs> um, and that was that. <laughs> um and they yeah, booked a flight, jumped on a plane um, a week later, and yeah, <laughs> I'm lucky that I'm able to do that though because we run our own business. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyone with a normal job. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't you kind of feel sorry for those people with normal job that are like, well, I guess yeah, I, could, so I could do this race, and yeah. Other than we do, we don't get paid when we're not working, so there is that part. Yeah, there is that, and the fact that you can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah. So we find ourselves working most weekends just because it's like outside the door, <laughs> so yeah. you can't really not. Yeah. Um, um, okay, we're we're going to get to Norcha because I I haven't actually talked to anybody about that race, but do you find in in regular work <laughs> that when the customers coming you know when the customer's coming to pick up your truck for three months and you're you're working on it till that last second when they show up? Yeah. Why is that? I mean, <laughs> I, okay, well, here's the thing, because I'd watch these build shows on TV and I'm like, why don't you just start a week earlier on it? Yeah, or but tell then, them that it's going to be ready a week later. Yeah. For but some reason, we, it always works out that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure why. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's it. When we went to Baja, yeah, they were. I mean, they knew when they were leaving six months ago, and they were like, "Yeah, doing stuff till the moment you leave." So, I. But I, the thing is, go, go ahead. Well, yeah, you plan for a timeline, so you say this is going to take this long, and it'll be ready in a month, and then inevitably, like things go wrong. <laughs> yeah. You end up waiting longer for parts, and so yeah, planning yeah. never works out. It's, yeah. it's at least double. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I just, I have a, an empathy for that now. When, when I see it, I'm going to say, okay, it wasn't their fault. It's like, yeah, the, well, the drive shaft didn't leave till or get there till three o'clock the day before you leave. So, 
it seems we it have, seems I mean, Oz is, come. Uh, I was going to say, it seems to be pretty universal. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Oz is even um, kind of more challenging because everything has to come from the UK. Mm. Um, so we have parcels stuck in customs, normally in the States, <laughs> for like months sometimes, which is pretty frustrating. Yeah. That's, <laughs> but at least it's, it's like, a good excuse. <laughs> Sorry yeah. your car's not ready because we don't that's, have the stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's in customs. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many times can you use that on a customer? Before? Yeah, it's that one and the paint job. That's the other really good ah. excuse. <laughs> Just blame the paint job. That's good. Yeah. So, um, tell me about Norcha, because I was there two two years ago and I thought it was a cool race. So. Yeah, it was an awesome race. Um, yeah, he managed to incorporate like everything. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I mean, I've never no that and. BC, they were both um, like mountain to coast races, so we started um, up in the mountains and then ended up by the coast. Um, and again, stunning, stunning countryside, um, mountains, um, so many boulders. <laughs> I've never seen so many boulders. Um, but yeah, pretty fun mountain biking. The hiking was probably the best. Um, mm. There was a hike that went up and over a mountain and the views coming up and down were just awesome um yeah <laughs> and our team i mean julia and doug are great and liz was amazing too so yeah again we got on really well so i've just been super lucky like that um yeah it was just fun what was was there any difference racing with with three women and a, and a guy for you um I mean, I it, I didn't notice a difference. I guess mm-hmm. the dynamics were probably a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't bother me, really, yeah. either way. Um, I'm happy being the only girl or, or there being no guys. It doesn't, you know, yeah. I'm not fast. <laughs> I'm pretty easygoing. So, um, yeah. yeah. I think Do I'm probably you? more like a guy than a girl anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Just because you well doesn't make you a guy. <laughs> are you... Uh, uh, sidebar, are you a good welder? I'm I'm going to say yes, but are you a good welder? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. I don't want to... I'm bad at saying that I'm good, so... Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think so. Okay. I'd so, like to say uh, so. <laughs> yeah. See, this is a lesson. And in, in, actually, I find this with a lot of adventure racers are very humble. Um, <laughs> but but it's like if you're good at something, say yes. Or yeah. say yes. Or, or somebody comp- – peop- adventure racers hate compliments. Yeah, I'm, I'm bad with compliments as well. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the welding I do is because they're rotten Land Rovers. It's pretty <laughs> – Pretty, yeah, <laughs> it's not beautiful shiny metal most of the time. Um, yeah, it's pretty wet. It looks nice, right? It looks nice when I'm done. Yeah. Okay. See, <laughs> I can make two pieces of metal stick, and that's as far as I will go. Okay. Well, so. I can make rust stick. So <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> so, um, Doug at one time posted something about it. 
Norchi was like the only race he ever thought about quitting because it was so hard. What was what made it so hard? Um, I think the heat okay. made it, it yeah pretty overwhelming. Um, that that one track, um, it was so humid, and I think yeah, it's it's it was a wet heat mm. as opposed to a dry heat that yeah. we get here. Um, so yeah, that was pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of unusual because I always, I don't know, I think of Portugal and Spain as a dry heat. Don't ask me why. Yeah, <laughs> but, I don't know what it was, but it was, yeah, so. pretty overwhelming. <laughs> um, but we got through it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's, I mean, that's pretty amazing. I'm going to finish one race and, and on no notice, do another one a week later. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I was... Yeah, I wasn't gonna say no. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, there there are no um, adventure racing academy awards or anything, but I think I'll give you rookie of the year. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, three well, expedition three expedition races in one one calendar year is is pretty amazing. Um, do. You, did you find that, like, doing that much racing, and maybe <clears throat> specifically after Norcia, that your body is stronger or different? Or, um, You know, cyclists always say once you do the Tour de France, your body's never the same. You're always just stronger. Was yeah, I mean, I cer- yeah, I think I certainly feel fitter than I've probably ever been in that way, in that kind of endurance um, way. And, yeah, I think it's muscle memory yeah that's not going to go away i guess yeah <laughs> um it'll make training for the next one easier yeah well, that's how it feels anyway yeah and how about mentally mm-hmm. do you think you think you've gone through enough of the enough of the you know the shit in the adventure racing that it's going to take a lot to uh to throw you a little bit at another race probably not <laughs> <laughs> um, um no, I, I mean, I'll go looking for a challenge. So, yeah, um, yeah no, uh, I want it to be tougher. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd like to, you know, come go and do some of the bigger races and certainly longer races. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to try a 10-day or... Um, I'm tempted by Eco Challenge or yeah. at least curious as to yeah. where it's going to be and yeah. um, whether it's even an option <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's going to be highly oversubscribed so um. you know here's the thing that I'm seeing is if they're talking about November you know that's that's not the same time as Worlds next year but yeah it's very know, close isn't it yeah so I think you're going to get the World you know the World Series teams maybe doing that so um, yeah it is it is going to be an interesting situation but but you'd you'd go if you could right yeah yeah so (laughs) i'd go if i could get in yeah (laughs) um but they keep saying they're going to release details and then the next week they say that again so um i would guess we're not going to hear anything till the new year but who knows that's possible Um, i mean i guess the thing is is i listen and do enough podcasts and listen to you know, Hollywood quote stuff that, yeah, it could be any time. You know, things just get pushed back, and you know, gotta wait for this person to see it. It's like it's like rebuilding a land. Um, yeah, e- Eagle Challenge is stuck in customs. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, oh. so where do you think it's going to be? Oh, you know what? I honestly, I was so I was so wrong on worlds that um, <laughs> not even going to guess. I okay. I will. I'm. I'm. I don't even know. I was going to say I'm going to rule out Southeast Asia in that area because. You know, they've been there, Survivor's there. Um, yeah. But then by the same token, Survivor, which is Mark Barnett, has a whole studio in gear, in crew there. In, okay. In, so. Yeah, uh, so that I, might make it cheaper for them. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, you know, Amazon, but I don't know. That seems seems kind of one trick. I My preference, Mark, if you're listening, um, is is not the jungle. I mean, I'd, I'd okay. rather see something, but... Um, yeah, well, you know, actually one place I thought could be really cool is like those islands off of Vietnam. Okay. Real rocky ones, but... Yeah. An island would be cool. Or islands. Yeah. Or a bunch of islands where you... A bunch of paddling mm. and... So... Well, Bear Grylls likes his islands, I guess, so... Yeah. So I guess um, well, at least it gives everybody something to talk about. <laughs> yep, it's definitely done that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, one so thing when else... you go, would you go and be camera crew or or help out or? I'm finagling, trying to, um, but then the other <laughs> the other thing that throws a monkey wrench in for me is schedule wise. Because if if it's mid November like they're talking next year, it's also when the Baja when the thousand is, and oh, okay. mm-hmm. the team the team I'm with, uh, Crossfire, we're we're right on the edge of being a top ten team, and that's yeah. kind of kind of a big deal. I'm hoping yeah, that, I'm hoping they could do both, and if I can't, then I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> I'm hoping I don't have to make the decision. <laughs> no. But um, so one thing I, I was kind of curious about is like, um, what's your, what's your training like? Um, so mostly running, um, mm-hmm. just because of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah work obviously takes over um through the summer i play rugby um so that um kind of keeps me fit um it's sort of a different kind of fitness but yeah. i think you know it all helps um so yeah we train twice a week and then play on a saturday through the summer um and then we've got trails some pretty cool bike trails that's only like a 10 minute drive away so um i'll take the bike down there um or bike to training is the other thing so that's an hour and a half cycle um mm. so if i do that you know that's just time on the bike um yeah. it's it's road biking but at least it's you know, pedaling yeah. <laughs> um so um yeah. yeah and then before primal quest i was lucky we went um to bc for a wedding um we went hiking for like four days up in the mountains um then so that that was really handy it just again was time on my feet all day every day for four days um so yeah 
yeah. just as much as I can fit in, basically. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, to me, you kind of have that advantage that you have a pretty physical job, too. I don't think that Yeah, helps. that does help, definitely, because I'm on my feet all day, every day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That, that, that's yeah. definitely an advantage not sitting in an office yeah. um, I would go crazy anyway <laughs> I hear you <laughs> I there to do that. <laughs> yeah. so um, so do you have any any races on your radar other than you thinking about you know eco which we, everybody is but are you looking at are you looking at anything next year or are you looking for things next year um, potentially Oregon um, okay. just seeing if the dates work out um, and I get probably Africa with um, Julia and Doug again. So, huh? expedition yeah. Africa. Um, but that's quite close to Eco Challenge, I think. Well, actually, it's it's a couple of months apart. Yeah. Um, what, so that's not too bad. You just raced two expedition races back to back with a week yeah, rest. So, so actually, like, it's not that close. Yeah, don't <laughs> give me that. They're too close together stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I need to yeah. start saving. <laughs> yeah, there's that part too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have two final questions, and then I say that, and then I have more. But so okay, so well, well, three. But this isn't one of the questions. So this isn't <laughs> as bad. This isn't as bad as you thought it would be, right? Uh, no, I was nervous <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, See, because you don't know me well. Yeah, you don't know me well enough to know that I'm just kind of a idiot doing this, and it's no big deal. But so. Um, I never, yeah, it's a big deal for me. I don't uh, do the whole camera audio thing. <laughs> well, now see, okay, so here's my first question. Okay. So Eco, Eco Challenge comes to you and say, yeah, we like you. We think we want you in the race. What is something inter- that people will be interested about you? What do you tell them? What do I tell them? Ooh probably everything i just told you <laughs> um, <Yeah>. i don't know <laughs> the, the really the really funny thing is as i'm asking the question i'm like yeah just go back and listen to the podcast so <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah that's yeah. kind of me <laughs> yeah. um, no i but actually i you have a lot of interesting backgrounds so you'll have see now now you'll know what to tell them <laughs> so, all right now i think this is my last question yeah, and um, so it's an easy one. What's what's your uh, daily driver round? Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start. I have a Defender, but it's currently sitting in the driveway in pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's waiting to be put back together. Um, yep. So we drive a Nissan and a Jeep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but, Japanese yeah. and American. Yeah, well, you know, the uh, the cobbler's children don't have shoes. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, we can't afford a Defender. Well, we can, but that's why it's not on the road. Yeah, um, yeah they are expensive here, unfortunately. So, um, so but one yeah. day, the plan is to be running around in the Land Rover, just not so, yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. Thinking of the customers first. Yeah, definitely. Customer is always comes that, first. So. That's right. Mm. So, all right, cool. You know what? I don't have another question. <laughs> cool. Well, I hope I've done okay. You did excellent. Very okay. And, and and trust me, I've been doing this long enough. I know when it's a good one. 
<laughs> cool. So. Well, you can hopefully edit all the bits where I said stupid things and well, just cut it all out. <laughs> one, I don't think you did, and two, I don't edit because that's like work. <laughs> so. But, well, I appreciate that, and it'll be our little joke how long this took. But that's yeah, cool. it did, did take quite a while. Hey, you know what? Hey, good things, good things sometimes take a while. Oh, <laughs> here, I got it. The podcast was in customs. <laughs> yeah, it was stuck in customs. There we go. All right. <laughs> stuck in the workshop. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Cool. Thanks for the chat. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank for Thanksgiving, and <laughs> maybe we'll see you at Eco Challenge. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Cool. All right. Thanks, Randy. Bye. Okay, bye. Right. Sounds like you might have heard this before. <laughs> I know I have. because this song is called Alice's Restaurant. <laughs> About Alice and the restaurant. But Alice's Restaurant was never the name of a restaurant. That was always the name of the song, which is why I still call it Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can't get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in, it's around the back, just a half a mile from the railroad track. And you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Well, it all started about 40 Thanksgivings ago. 40 years ago on Thanksgiving. When my friend and I decided to go up and visit Alice at the restaurant. But Alice didn't used to live in the restaurant. She used to live in the church nearby the restaurant, in the bell tower, with her husband Ray and Foncha the dog. And living in the bell tower like that, they used to have a lot of room downstairs where the pews used to be. And seeing as how they took out all of the pews and having all that room, they decided that they didn't have to take out their garbage for a long time. We got up there, found the place was filled with garbage, and we decided it'd be a friendly gesture for us to take the garbage down to the town dump. So we took the half a ton of garbage, put it in the back of a red VW microbus, took shovels and rakes and implements of destruction and headed on toward the town dump. We got there, there was a sign, a chain across the road saying, closed on Thanksgiving. And we had never heard of a dump being closed on Thanksgiving before. So with tears in our eyes, we drove off into the sunset, looking for another place to put the garbage. And we didn't find one, till we come to a side road and off of the side of the side road, there was a 15-foot cliff, and at the bottom of the cliff, there was another pile of garbage. And we decided that one big pile would be better than two little ones. And rather than bring that one up, we decided to throw ours down. 
That's what we did. Drove back to the church, had a Thanksgiving dinner that couldn't be beat. Went to sleep and didn't get up until the next morning when we got a phone call from Officer Obi. He said, kid, uh, we found your name on an envelope at the bottom of a half a ton of garbage. Wanted to know if you had any information about it. And I said, yes, sir, Officer Obi. I cannot tell a lie. I put that envelope under that garbage. It was after talking to Obi for about 45 minutes on the telephone that we finally arrived at the truth of the matter. And Obi said we had to go down, pick up the garbage. We also had to go down and talk to him at the police officer station. Now, friends, there was only one of two things that Obi could have done at the police officer station. And the first thing was he could have given us a medal for being so brave and honest over the telephone, which wasn't very likely. We didn't expect it. And, of course, the other possibility was that, well, he could have bawled us out and told us never to be seen driving garbage around the vicinity again, which is what we expected. But when we got to the police officer station, there was a third possibility that we hadn't counted on, and we was both immediately arrested, handcuffed. And I said, Obi, I don't think I can pick up the garbage with these handcuffs on. He said, shut up, kid. Get in the back of the patrol car. And we sat in the back of the patrol car and drove to the, quote, scene of the crime, unquote. Now, friends, I want to tell you about the town of Stockbridge, Massachusetts, where this was happening. They got three stop signs, two police officers, and one police car. But when we got to the scene of the crime, there was five police officers and three police cars being the biggest crime of the last 50 years, and everybody wanted to get in the newspaper story about it. And they was using up all kinds of cop equipment they had hanging around the police officer station. They was taking plaster tire tracks, footprints, dog-smelling prints, and they took 27 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures with circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back of each one explaining what each one was to be used as evidence against us. They took pictures of the approach, the getaway, the northwest corner, the southwest corner, and that's not to mention the aerial photography. And it was after the ordeal we went back to the jail. Obi said he was going to put us in a cell. He said, kid, I'm going to put you in a cell. Give me a wallet and your belt. And I said, Obi, I can understand you wanting my wallet, so I don't have any money to spend in the cell. But what do you want my belt for? He said, kid, we don't want any hanging. And I said, Obi, did you think I was going to hang myself for littering? Obi said he was making sure, and friends Obi was, because he took out the toilet seat so I couldn't hit myself over the head and drown. <laughs> took out the toilet paper so I couldn't bend the bars, roll the toilet paper out the window, slide down the roll, having to skate and get away. Obi was making sure, all right, and it was about four or five hours later that Alice... Remember, Alice? <laughs> this is still the song about Alice. She combined with a few nasty words to Obi on the side. She bailed us out of jail. We went back to the church, had another Thanksgiving dinner that couldn't be beat. Went to sleep and didn't get up until the next morning when we all had to go to court. We walked in. 
sat down. Obi come in with the 27 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures with the circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back of each one explaining what each one was to be used as evidence against us and he sat down. A man come in, he said, all rise, and we stood up, and Obi stood up with the 27 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures and the judge walked in with a CNI dog. We sat down. Obi looked at the CNI dog, and then at the 27 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures with the circles and arrows, and looked at the CNI dog. And Obi began to cry, because Obi come to the realization that this was a typical case of American blind justice. And there's no way the judge was going to look at the 27 8 by 10 colored bell, it didn't matter. Because we was fined $25 each, and we had to pick up the garbage in the snow. Of course, that's not what I come to talk about or nothing. Just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> thought I'd talk a little bit about the draft. Now, a lot of people think that's just from years ago. But tell that to the guys who've been called back after all that time. <laughs> Not only that, they still got that building over in New York City and others like it all across America. And that's where you used to have to go in, get injected, inspected, detected, infected, neglected, and selected. <laughs> and I remember I had to go in there one morning a long time ago for my physical examination. So I got good and drunk the night before. Because I wanted to feel my best when I went in that morning. I mean, I wanted to feel, I wanted to look, I wanted to be like the all-American kid. When I went in that morning, I was hung down, I was brung down, I was hung up, I was all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly-looking things. I walked in, I sat down. They gave me a piece of paper, said, kid, see the psychiatrist, room 604. I went in there, I, I said, shrink, I, I want to kill. Yeah, I, I want to kill. Want to see blood and gore and guts and veins and matizzy dead bird bodies? I mean, kill, kill. And I started jumping up and down, yelling, kill, kill. And he started jumping up and down with me. And we was both jumping up and down, yelling, kill, 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 kill. Till the sergeant come over, pinned a medal on me, sent me down the hall saying, you're our boy. I didn't feel real good about it. But I proceeded on down the hall, getting more injections, inspections, and all kinds of stuff that they was doing to me at the thing there. And I was there for two, three, four, five hours. I was there for a long time going through all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly things. They was inspecting, injecting every single part of me. And they was leaving no parts untouched. But I proceeded through until I finally come to see the very last man. I walked up, I said, what do you want to see me about? He said, kid, we only have one more question. Have you ever been arrested? I told him the story of the Alice's Restaurant Massacre with five-part harmony poem orchestration. He stopped me right there. He said, kid, did you go to court? I told him the story of the 27 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures with the circles and arrows. He stopped me again. He said, kid, I want you to go over, sit down on that bench that says Group W.
Now, kid. Group W was where they used to put you if you might not have been moral enough to join the army. <laughs> After committing your special crime, there was all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly-looking people on the bench. I mean, there was mother rapers, father's dabbers, father rapers. It was Father Raper sitting there on the bench next to me. I mean, these was mean, nasty, ugly, horrible, crime-fighting guys. And the meanest, ugliest, nastiest, the meanest Father Raper of them all was coming over to me, and he sat down next to me and said, Kid, what'd you get? I said, I didn't get nothing. I had to pay $25 and pick up the garbage. He said, Kid, what was you arrested for? I said, Littering. They all moved away from me on the bench there. Till I said, and creating a nuisance. <laughs> and then they all come back and shook my hand. We had a great time on the bench talking about crime, mother stabbing, father raping, who's smoking cigarettes, all kinds of stuff, having a good time. Till the sergeant come over. He had some paper in his hand. He held it up. He went like this. He said, Kids with speech pipes got 37 words for them. Sets us. One more time, the crime detail, the crime. He got to say, pretend tune about the crime. The rest of the officer's name kind of thing he got to say. And he talked for 45 minutes. And nobody understood a word he said. But we had fun filling out the forms and playing with the pencils on the bench. I wrote down the massacre like I was supposed to, and I put down my pencil. Turned over the piece of paper. And they're on the other side of that piece of paper, away from everything else on the other side. I mean, underlined and capitalized, read the following words. Kid, have you rehabilitated yourself? I went over to the sergeant. I said, Sergeant, you got a lot of gall to ask me if I've rehabilitated myself. I mean, I'm sitting here on the Group W bench. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here on the Group W bench because you want to know if I'm moral enough to join the Army, burn women, kids, houses, children, villages after being a litter bug. He said, kid, we don't like your kind. Uh, we're going to send your fingerprints off to Washington. And friends, somewhere in Washington, enshrined in a little folder, is a study in black and white of my fingerprints. <laughs> the only reason I'm singing you the song tonight is because you may know somebody in a similar situation sometime. <laughs> I mean, even some of you can be in something like this sometime sooner than you're sitting here thinking about right now. If you ever find yourself in something like that, you don't know what to do. Well, there may be only one thing you can do. Actually, there may not be anything you can do. <laughs> but there's something you can try. And that's to be wherever it is you're supposed to be. I mean, you go in there, you sit down, you wait your turn. And when you get a chance, you stand up, you go something like this, you say, 
Oh, shrink. Excuse me, man, but uh, you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant and walk out. I mean, imagine one person, even today, walking in, singing some Alice's Restaurant and walking out. They're going to say, hey, that guy's 40 years too late. Get that guy out of here. Imagine two of them walking in, hand in hand, singing in harmony. I mean, I don't know what the policy is, but I guess if you tell them, you ain't going. <laughs> so, imagine 50, maybe 50 people a day going in, singing some Alice's Restaurant, walking out. Friends, they might think it's a movement. And most of them be too young to know what a movement was. That's what it was. It was the Alice's Restaurant Anti-Mastery Movement. That's what it was. That's what it is. And I guess that's what it's always going to be. And all you've got to do to join is to sing it with me as it comes around again on the guitar. With feeling. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in, it's a roundabout, just a half a mile from the railroad track. You can get anything you want No, no. You can't start singing louder just at the end. You would have thought after all this time, you would have learned by now. You want to end war and stuff, you've got to learn to sing loud all the time so people can hear you. <laughs> now, I, I know this is a long song. Believe me. <laughs> but it could be longer. <laughs> I'm still not proud or tired. <laughs> Of course, I remember when I was a little kid, I started writing my songs. My dad took me aside one time and said, Arlo, you know, if you can't be great, it's better to be long. I'm still thinking about that. Anyway, when it comes around again, maybe you can help me out. Here it comes. You can't get anything that's better at Alice's Rest, except in Alice. You can't get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in it's around the back, just a half a mile from the railroad track. You can't get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Da -da 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 -da. At Alice's Restaurant.
so much. 